welcome back to Spirituality Untapped. I'm Melody. And I'm Michelle. Welcome, Solis. We want to thank you for being a part of the sisterhood. You guys are the reason we created this space. And if you're new, welcome. You've found your sanctuary. This is where we finally get to be our weirdest, expanded, most authentic selves together. Yes, you're now a part of this radical mission of finally healing your past, unlocking your purpose, and really truly living as your highest self. Hi guys, welcome back to this episode of your, I'm sorry, what is it called again? The the body image and health journey. This is part two. This is part two. I don't know what happened. Part one kind of went out of control. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. If you guys like didn't listen to the second one, go back and listen to that one first. We had like a little breakthrough and then we're like, this is going to be part one. We're going to have a part two. Yeah. But Melody had like a little moment. Which I, is awesome. I did have a moment. And honestly, it was like the best moment ever. <laughs> I've only ever recorded my face because I couldn't, I look so dumbfounded. Like yeah. I can see. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But anywho, so Michelle and I were talking a little bit earlier about pregnancy. And I think this is a beautiful topic because we're talking about our body image and of course our health journey and pregnancy is definitely a big one for women. And we're just kind of dabbling about getting pregnant and guys, I've I'm 30 and I've been wanting to get pregnant, but it didn't really hit me until like yesterday. I'm like, I want to have a baby. It's like this thing where there's always waves. Like it's undeniable. Like at our age, everyone around us is starting to get married at the same time, gets pregnant at the same time, like whatever you may be going through. And like, it's weird with pregnancy (laughs) though, because it's so bodily. Like my, I feel like (laughs) I've been talking about this, like a lot with a lot of different people, but I feel like my body is like yelling at me. Like it's time, like, let's go. Like we need to get pregnant. And part of me is like, I didn't feel that in my last relationship actually. I was like at all. So I feel like maybe because I feel really safe and whole with Oliver, it could be that I know that's a big part of it. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, it's just the safety to know that my partner, like, I know this sounds a little sad, morbid and slightly depressing, but I have always wanted to have a child, but I always wanted to have a child with someone that I know that if I were to die abruptly, my kiddo would be in like great hands and yeah. Yeah. I know. I, again, I know it sounds really <laughs> depressing, but I want to leave my child oh. with the right people, you know, because I've watched a little too many Korean dramas and damn, that stepmom is mean as fuck. So, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stories out there about like dysfunctional relationships yeah. and things like that. And that's honestly just an echo of the reality of the world. But also, like, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're trying to like create a new culture, a new paradigm mm-hmm. for us. So, I love that you're putting that out into the world of like, hey, I want before I even get pregnant, I really want to ensure like the squad rules deep. Like we have like, <laughs> exactly. all the right people, like we got a good man with me or right. whatever you, you know, whoever you identify with. And I think that's so important too. I think just age oh, yeah. 30, I've been thinking about, we're, we've done a lot of inner child healing, right? We have. So now we want to give that to another little being. Like right. I would love to see a little little melody and a little Michelle like <laughs> hanging out. Oh my gosh! So but sweet. I think another big part is that I didn't want to continue that generational cycle. So I was like, I don't think I'm ready because I haven't healed. But now that I have, I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to make a baby. 
Yeah. Can we also just like celebrate the fact you and I, I don't know if you're feeling this at all too, but there's so much like information out there about healing. Mm -hmm. I love that we're talking about already being healed. Yeah. Like, I feel like that has probably been one of the most powerful things I would say Mm -hmm. about like my journey thus far is like recently being like, what can I create now that I'm already healed? And even if I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm perfect now. Like I, there's no more work to do, but right now I choose to like operate out of the fact that like, I don't want to keep re-traumatizing myself and unearthing all of these issues. And Mm -hmm. because I'm coming from a healed place, I feel ready for children. I feel ready for the next level of my relationship. I feel ready for more women in my life. Do you feel the same? No, I do. And so there's a little bit of a tidbit guys. Um, when you actually feel, when you feel healed and when you feel complete, you start to, you don't, you don't feel as if you're struggling anymore. You don't feel like you have to survive. So everything kind of like comes to a lull and what, and what Michelle, from my interpretation, anyway, what I believe what she meant is that when you start to feel safe, you start to, you don't want to put as much effort or you don't have that much effort to try to survive or do certain things. But at the same time, it's kind of like a double-edged sword where if you are in a lull, it could you know, you could place yourself in a, like a situation that could re-traumatize you where you have yeah. to re-heal. So there's like that fine balance of being healed, but continuing to have that momentum and motivation to complete and pursue whatever life you desire. And if that means getting pregnant, that means making sure that you don't re-traumatize your child self for whatever reason, or putting yourself in that situation. Yeah. That's really beautifully said. So now that we're talking a little bit again, pregnancy and like talking about the body is mm-hmm. one of the most, I mean, it makes so much sense as it marries together. I want you before we get too, too, too deep into all yeah. of that to cre- recap a little bit about what happened in the last episode for us so that we can dive in more about body image. Of course. So Michelle and I started talking about the current social standards of beauty and we just started uh, talking back and forth. And eventually we kind of hit the fact that my mother, she's a very sweet woman, guys. Don't, don't come at her. Don't come at me. But um, my mom's a very mm-hmm. sweet woman, but she only, she taught me what she knew with, based with what she had. And there was, that wasn't a lot. My mom's from a third world country. So when I was a kiddo, she kind of questioned why I was a certain way. So for instance, in America, most young girls, will now get their period from the ages of 10 to 12. Back in where my back where my mom lives and back in the day, she didn't maybe get her period till the ages of 16, maybe 19 even. Like that's like well into your teens. And my mom found it very weird and she started asking me, an 11 year old at that time that didn't know shit about her body. While I was learning about it, she started asking me questions and you know, poking at me about what's wrong with my body. And as uh, Michelle and I kept talking, Michelle kind of, Michelle and I kind of basically came to this conclusion that my mom didn't know what was wrong with me, even though there wasn't anything wrong with me. And that constantly questioning. Yeah. yeah. Why your body was the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually it kind of clicked. Like that's why I have, and I I'm still working on it, but I do have major massive like body dysmorphia guys. Like, I don't know how I look like really. Um, So I never knew what my body really truly looks like in a mirror. So, but now I understand why, because my mother I have a question about that. So like body dysmorphia, my assumption about that is like, yeah, you just don't perceive your body 
in the mm-hmm. same way others do, I guess. And yeah. it sounds like there's a lot of interpretations of it. My yeah. like standard interpretation of it is like a woman that's like really skinny that thinks she's bigger than she is. Right. Pretty and so much. for you, you're just saying like, I just didn't perceive period really like the I, yeah. of my body. Okay. I, I didn't. And there were like, and there's, here's the thing guys, like, hey, this is what kind of what happened within a month span. Like maybe I'm having a good week and my body looks amazing to me. Amazing as in comparative to like, say somebody on social media. And that's a big, big, if I have a good week, but for yeah. the most part, for me, I can see my body changing for X, Y, Z reason. Like I can be as big as a pumpkin. I can be as maybe as small as a freaking pear. Who knows? Like it really depends on the shape that I, I felt that way, how I was feeling, what the environment was telling me to do or whatever. Yeah. Like I, you, I couldn't get my figure or my, my physical self to have a solid form. Like I was so malleable. It's kind of like those mirrors in the circus where you're like, mm-hmm, 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 this mm-hmm. one will expand you and you know, totally. things like that. And I'm like, what the hell do I look like? And so that's so fascinating actually, <laughs> because it was kind of, and I I'm starting, I mean, everybody can relate to any story. So I just want to put that out there. I'm sure everybody that's listening can like pick out little pieces that they right. relate to, but from what you're saying, like when you would see a certain body or an image of a woman or whatever body type, mm-hmm. you would then uh, like make assumptions about how you how I based on that yeah okay okay so like it really would just depend on my emotions and or maybe like how I've eaten or how I felt in general about my habits so my body would just either like expand or not you would perceive it to yeah yeah okay okay I would perceive that my body would expand to like a gargantuan amount and then I would feel like my clothes didn't fit everything felt tight like it really just morphed into something extremely bad to the point where I'm like, what do I look like? And I would have to ask my husband every single day. I'm like, honey, do I look beautiful? Because I don't feel it. I don't know if I look like it because again, guys, even in photos, I don't see what my husband see. I still see like a woman that has like 10 extra pounds on top of the 10 pounds of the camera. Like, okay. I totally, totally, totally relate to this. (laughs) And it's something that I feel better about my body than I ever have, but I totally agree in terms of like kind of being at the whims of how your emotions dictate the way that you feel about your body. And there's been times where I'm like working out consistently and I'm like, I'm on top of my like dietary regimen and Mm -hmm. all of that. But I feel, I don't feel petite or like, I don't feel the way that I want to in my body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, we come from a generation too, where like body image was very specific and there's a lot of specificity yeah. on what it needed to look like nowadays. Like the generations after us have so much more spaciousness to be like body positivity and like mm-hmm. everybody's beautiful, but we did not, we're millennials and we did <laughs> not get that messaging at fucking all. We grew up during the time where like in sync, Britney Spears, like all oh of these God. like white teenagers. It was like really cool. And you know, there was crop tops happening and like, you could only have like blonde hair, like all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, I'm trying to like round back to what I was saying. So you might have to help me with what I was saying initially. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, you, not, you wanted totally me to describe body dysmorphia. Like, yes. Um, okay. So then yeah. I thank you. So I was trying to see how I felt like that applied to my own life. And like, I 
again, could have been like on a really on top of my regimen and feel really bad about my body. And other times I was just like not even working on my body at all. And I actually felt fine. So I don't know. I'm not a specialist. I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a psychologist in any way in terms of how to really understand like how we perceive our own bodies. But it wasn't until recently that I just realized that I did have such a drastic change in how I feel about my body, honestly, on a day-to-day basis. So part of me just goes back to the root of, okay, well, what has worked for me in the progression in other parts of my life, whether Mm -hmm. that was career, whether that's relationship, and how can I apply that really beautiful progression in a positive way to my physical vessel? And that's been really, really deeply profound for me to apply because I don't judge myself or like really hate on myself when it comes to the progress of my business at all. I'm like, Ooh, small wins. Let's definitely celebrate those things. Mm -hmm. What is my big vision in terms of where I want my company to be? And when I start to try to apply that to my physical vessel, I'm realizing that good health to me feels really physically strong in my body. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to stretch and move and to tie it back into what we were discussing about children. Like mm-hmm. I want to be able to be really, really active with them. And most importantly, ensure that they have a really positive light in terms of seeing how their mother. So me mm-hmm. perceives themselves and their own body image. So when I really look at the larger picture of what I'm trying to create in my life and apply that to my physical vessel, it allows me to create that beautiful through through line. And something that we do often is backwards engineer. So if I know that health and being able to be with my children is my ultimate vision for my body, then I start to apply that to how I approach my day-to-day healthy habits. So that's been super useful. And I know I'm kind of fast forwarding to kind of tips and tidbits, Mm -hmm. but I want you guys to start to understand that like your specific journey of how you deal with your body. One starts with that origin story that we were discussing, trying to see if you ate disordered at all. If you were highly heavily Mm -hmm. impacted by the culture around you, try to see what those stories are first heal through them. Cause I can guarantee everybody has something that they've been influenced by. That wasn't a positive light when it comes to fucking body image, let me tell you, <laughs> and then start on that journey. Yeah. So I think that starts to tie into the next question that we have here. And I know Melody talked a little bit about it, but yeah. when you were a kid, just briefly describe to us the main points of what body image meant to you as a kid. Pretty much body image was as really awful as it sounded, it was the selling point of who you are as a person. And it really sucked because I'll not, I'm not trying to butcher my culture or my family or the community that I grew up in, but beauty was a big emphasis, guys. It was very, it was heavily um, suggested to children that you are, at least to my age group, that you should be petite, tiny, quiet, you should have long hair and you should be very slender, like really tiny, teeny, tiny, whatever for the rest of your life until you get married, have children. And then by the age of 50, you start to crown over like a little old lady. That's pretty much what um, the idea came from. And I was told that so much, but here's the thing, guys. I, again, I'm going to refer to the, the movie Turning Red, where 
they're going to, where you have these family members that'll come to you and be like, oh my God, did you lose weight? And then another person from your family, like, no, she gained weight. But then they keep going back and forth between you should be losing weight, but here, let me feed you a shit ton or, oh my God, you're so fat or whatever. Like they would contradict themselves. And at some point in time, I couldn't, I think that's where my body dysmorphia started was I didn't know what was right or what was wrong for myself because I had so many forces telling me you're too big, stop eating, but here, go ahead and eat a shit ton of food because you can't be skinny because we don't want you to starve and look like, you know, bones and skeleton, even though I told you to be bones and skeleton before. You're like, what am I supposed to be? Exactly. (laughs) Like what's in between a balloon? I just chose the balloon. (laughs) But that was that part. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much what body image was to me was trying to find that middle ground. But of course you never really know what the middle ground is because it's not your middle ground. You never chose it. You're just trying to listen and appease other people. So, yeah. I love that we're talking about it so casually, but I want to take a step back too, and just, just take a moment for the (laughs) one time for that little kid that had to be exposed to that. Cause that's actually really harsh. yeah around a culture that one is just so blunt and picks apart your body when it's yours it's not anybody else's Mm -hmm. to own or have an opinion on it's only your own and we're not even really taught to like have a say in how we even perceive our body or at least both of us had our personal experiences with that and I won't go too deep into mine because I think I spoke a little bit about it on previous podcasts, maybe a little bit on the last one as well. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, when it comes to body image, just growing up, up until like my early twenties, that's when I started to try to do a little bit more work on being healthier, things like that. Yeah. One of the big issues that I had to like retrospectively remember is like how deeply colorism was an issue in our culture. So I'm Filipino and I think a lot of different just people of color within their own cultures deal with this at some level for sure. And it's just about like the lighter your skin is, the more valued you are. And there's (sighs) lots of surgeries done back in the Philippines of like them getting their nose. They want like that pointier nose. They want lighter skin. Like I remember my always seeing my aunts like covering their bodies and like (laughs) having like, um, using an umbrella when they were like walking around in the summertime because they didn't want to get tan because we do tan pretty easily. I think we're naturally um, tan yeah. in general. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my grandmother used to just like make, you know, comments about like, I'm spending too much time outside. Like you don't want to mm-hmm. be too dark, like all right. of those different things. And I didn't understand why, but if we just step into the perspective of hearing that as like, I don't know, five to maybe 10 years old, you're basically being told that your skin that you have no control over is wrong. Right. And there's so oh many- God of that in our lives of us being told that we're wrong in some given point or some type of way. So colorism, westernization, seeing a lot of like plastic surgery and unrealistic like body um, or beauty standards were really placed upon me. And then just most directly seeing somebody very close in my immediate family, like really struggle with bulimia for a long time. And there was a lot of denial of that. And then a lot of self-hatred with another person in my family that was very close to me as well. And it was interesting for me because I was like, oh, I don't have any issues. And I didn't didn't realize this again because these body image issues and conversations around body image were things that I just recently healed 
And I didn't realize that I had again, trigger warning, but I think I had definitely disordered eating. Yeah. I would like work out twice. Like I would do two a days and then I would like go out, stay like out really late at night. And I would like go dancing. Cause I was like in the EDM scene, blah, blah, blah. But I would like burn calories from that burn it calories from my two workouts. I was also taking like, oh my God, I'm really exposing myself right now, but I would take like, um, hunger suppressant pills too, to like support me, quote unquote, support me. That's not the right word to use at all, but I just wanted to help utilize that so that, you know, I could lose more weight or like suppress my hunger, obviously. And then, yeah, I, I remember I would just only eat like a McChicken on the way to the club, (laughs) like that day. And I thought this was fucking normal, dude. Cause like all my girlfriends would just be like, we're always out all the time. We're working out like I would, we would like, um, have competitions about like, Oh, I burned a thousand calories at the gym. Like I need to do 200 more. Like it's insane. Like the things that we would have gone through, this is ages, I would say like 20 to 24 or so. And these things carried on in all of these various iterations to this day, you know? So yeah, I just, it's a lot a lot to unpack. And I think it's going to be a lifetime journey for me because it was so prevalent in my life up until my twenties, you know, and the work that I've done around body image has been probably of the course of like two years. So I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned is to be really heavily patient. And you, I can't expect myself to have a strong relationship with my body and health and fitness and my mindset around that. I can't have that happen within just a few months. And I think that's what I expected. I'm like, I'm so great with growth mindset and spirituality and blah, blah, blah. And like the mental aspect of my life. But I was like, why is my body not catching up with that? And of course it's not because I spent what up until 25, maybe dealing with those problems. So I think if you, any of you are kind of struggling with these things and again, I'm not an expert in this specific aspect, but the only thing that I would just like to share with all of you is to really, really be kind and patient to yourself when you're beginning this journey, because whatever X amount of time that's happened, at least give yourself half of that to truly have a deep sense of healing in that area of your life. But yeah, so fast forward and let's (laughs) think about like, I know. Um, but let's get into the more positive aspect. And I would love to hear how you're feeling about your body now and where you're at with your journey. I'd love to say that I am, I've embraced my curves and all that fun stuff, but I'm still working through those things. Um, Michelle, I think, uh, no, she knows that for uh, my body tends to go through a very visible, uh, moment of eczema. So for me guys, I have a very, very bad case of eczema here and there, but it's only triggered now by stress. And it's hard to really like, I, I, I think it's a big, uh, let me rewind. I think it's a big part of body image that about how our skin looks like the blemishes, the imperfections, the textures, I think because of social media nowadays, we think that we have to have flawless, um, dewy and glass like skin, which is, I mean, which is probably possible, but not for everybody that, you know, that has stress. And for me, my stress is triggering to my eczema and my eczema is very discoloring and it's 
not the most attractive thing. So I'm working through that right now, but that my, I love that part of my body because it's showing me that I am not aligned. I have some, I have something to work on, be it internal or external. And I'm just kind of taking it day by day and learning how to love my body because as we were talking about pregnancy earlier, guys, I believe a woman, when she gets pregnant, she is giving up a lot more than just her body. She's giving up her self image. She's quite literally sacrificing her. <laughs> she's sacrificing a lot more. She's than sacrificing herself. Okay. <laughs> side note. I literally, okay. I think I was watching Grey's Anatomy and I heard this fucking story and it, they talked about how these, <laughs> this is a little off track, but I promise it's relevant. It's they say that spiders a female spider, when she has her babies, what she does is like, once they're birthed, those little babies will eat her whole entire body. So she sacrifices, she sacrifices her actual physical vessel for the survival of her children. Okay. So shout out to the moms out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I, I feel don't... like that's genuinely what it feels like. <laughs> I mean, I hope my child does not consume me. When oh I when I birth them, but like, energetically, I'm sure that's what it feels yes, like. Especially energy, for previous yeah. generations of like <laughs> have everything; it's all yours. Damn, Granted, we're not going to do that now, but you yeah, know. I think we need a like an, a separate episode for like pregnancy. We need to find someone that's pregnant in our friend group and like oh my god, ask them how they're doing. Pego, yeah, yes, let's do that. Yes, but how about you? Note how is <laughs> how is your body image now? Like, how do you feel about it? Yeah something that I'm regularly, regularly working on. So I do like the cutesy shit where I write myself little post-its in my mirror saying I look stunning and like all of that. And it's like, at first it feels very like, what are you doing? Like it's so lame, but also seeing that every day your subconscious mind and we're very into subconscious reprogramming, making sure that you have proper feedback loops in your life. It is very powerful. So maybe start with that. But for me and my journey in terms of how I feel now, things that have really, really helped me is number one, just working on my relationship with my Yoni. We always talk about the pussy portal and how it's a really profound space for you to understand creation energy, seeing that little lotus flower down there and loving on it. So that's something that is really, yeah, just a cool journey and something that I'm in this, my, the part of my journey now and like the spiritual world where I can really tap into the consciousness of various parts of my body. I have conversations with my Yoni. I have conversations with my belly fat. I have conversations with a past self and that version of my body. I can personify anything and have some kind of conversation with it. So I can really understand it at a deeper level. And I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it in the previous podcast too, but one um, book that really has helped me just more of on a scientific level around health is, um, Louise Hayes, you can heal yourself. And you guys might be familiar with that, but in that it has the symptoms list that I actually showed all of our students to really understand what's going under going on underneath the consciousness of that specific part. So this might feel advanced to some of you. It could be totally, you know, out of the spectrum in terms of what you understand, but some of you might actually be very familiar about personifying different parts of your body. Um, I'm going to ask Melody to link that uh, symptoms list in the show notes. So you, you guys should will be able to access that. 
but it's really cool because it ties into this other experience that I wanted to mention and a methodology we use in our programs, which is called parts work. And that's helped me immensely. And essentially what that means in just like traditional psychology, even you take an aspect of your body and have a conversation with it. So with Freudian tech or Freudian text and works, what he has mentioned is like having conversation with your ego. You give your ego a name, you have a conversation with it. You ask it like, Hey, like, what is your job? What are you here to do? And it usually goes down to the root fact of like, I want to protect you. I was scared because of something that happened in our childhood. And that's why I feel like I need to act out in her, your adulthood. We can do the same things with physical parts of our body. And for me, oh God, trigger warning again. But I'm going to share openly that I was molested as a child. I was about four or five years old with like a neighborhood, like kid. He's probably like maybe 16, if I can remember properly. Um, And I won't obviously won't go into the details, but that situation happened once or twice. And when I was doing parts work, essentially I was journaling, having conversation with me and then um, like the belly fat, like I was gaining a lot of weight in a short amount of time. And it, it essentially told me my belly fat or that fat extra fat told me that it was creating a layer of protection around me, um, because of kind of those rooted issues that happened when I was molested and some other reasons as well. So I know that's really intense, And I just wanted to um, give a disclaimer. If you are going to attempt parts work, you might be YouTubing it, Googling it. You might do it in one of our our programs. Please make sure that you're doing it with some kind of facilitation from a coach um, or a psychologist, what have you, um, unless you have some priming around this work because it can get really intense. You can also start really small of like, oh, I want a better, again, relationship with my Yoni. So have a conversation with your Yoni, see what's up. Have you been neglecting it? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So doing sexual energy work, parts work really served me. And then honestly, oh, I talk about Oliver a lot, but he's just my angel. Okay. But he, um, he, says all the time, just like Gabriel with Melody, like you're beautiful, really praises me and my body is always looking at me like I'm the most beautiful woman in the world, Mm -hmm. but I didn't believe it myself. Like it's something that I have to remember, like, like when he tells me that I do believe it, I have to Mm -hmm. remind myself of that sometimes too. And just like sitting with him and having conversations and like really digging into the fact that like he genuinely believes that it allows me to really understand it on a deep level so I can feel it at a cellular level and that's the goal for any of us is we can hear things in our mind over and over again and that is helpful but it's not until we literally feel it in our bodies that real transformation happens and that's honestly why we do clarity calls that's honestly why we do like our coaching programs Mm -hmm. because it's really um, focused around the fact that we want you to go past the mind and into the body so you can have lasting change but everything that I shared are just little microcosms of the work we do within project 3h so again check out our website if you want to find out more about how we can serve you in those aspects yeah shoot okay that was a lot guys so take a moment take a breath and if you don't know what the word yoni means she means your vagina your vagina, your vulva, every part of it, yes. the lips, everything. And I actually, <laughs> a little bit of a side note, actually, I think mm-hmm. it's a good time to do tips and tidbits. Yeah. Um, there is a song called Yoni by Tony Jones that you guys can <gasps> find on. Song. 
Yeah. And it's a beautiful song slash affirmation uh, track to listen to because she quite literally, guys, gives you the deepest and most blunt explanation of what it is to have a yoni, what it means to create life. And a lot of people will play it off like, oh, it's 50-50. I understand that, yes, it takes two parts to make a child, but guess what? Growing one is a little different and it takes a We're like human toll. incubators. Like we're we are human incubators, guys. Yeah. And it's absolutely a wonderful song to listen to. So I highly recommend it. Yes. Um, Michelle, what type of tips would you recommend for our lovely young ladies and young gentlemen or whomever or whatever you t- yeah, anybody that's listening yeah, anybody. right now, for sure. So I think those three things that I mentioned were probably the tips that I really want to share. So just having a conversation with your yoni or just any general part. I think the reason why I want to start there, it's not like this random thing <laughs> that I'm trying to like get you to do. It's just because there's so much trauma in our lower body, period. There's, I did some study around Qigong and you hold it a lot in your liver, liver mm-hmm. and your genitals. Yep first, because obviously your root chakra, it roots you to mother earth. It roots you Mm -hmm. into your physical vessel and the the earth plane. And again, it's creation energy is all harbored there. So that's Mm -hmm. the primary reason of that. Um, and then to attempt parts work just with any aspect of your body that you're just trying to understand better. And if that feels too advanced for you, what I would suggest in terms of really understanding, Hey, how do I think about my body is always to just start with a free, write. The reason why I'm constantly suggesting to do brain dumps and free writes, and if you're not like familiar with that or like automatic writing, these are all the same thing. It's essentially setting a timer or not at all writing without filtering yourself just consistently for like a few pages or what have you. And you'll be surprised at what actually surfaces. There are lots of thoughts that come up that you don't even realize are in your subconscious mind that you're thinking about. And it allows you to physically slow down and get it on a piece of paper so you can actually observe yourself and your own thoughts. Um, And then obviously maybe just write at the top of it. I want to understand my body to create an intentionality and then free write on your body is a really easy place to start. But more more than anything, since we really value community, reach Mm -hmm. out to somebody that can share those same experiences with you that are wanting to go in a positive direction of your body image. And that Mm -hmm. part is very like, I really want you to listen to that part in terms of pairing up with somebody that's going in a positive light because you can end up talking to a lot of other individuals that actually talk really negatively about their body easily. So Mm -hmm. make sure that you're talking to the appropriate individual about that, that share the same goals as you. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, again, this is probably the most easiest thing you can do is masturbate. I know that sounds really weird guys, but if you grew up how I did, masturbation was actually a taboo thing. Like you should never touch yourself. Mm-hmm. It's unclean to do so. Hell no. It's actually one of the best things for you to do because that means you know your body. That means your body is alive. That means yeah. you need to connect with yourself. So it's totally okay to masturbate. Please get it out of your head that it's a bad thing because it's not. It just shows that you have an active, lively body. Be happy because a lot of, not a lot of people can do that. 
I'm yeah. just going to put it out I there. was literally hearing in my head, like relationship to self is what it is. And it can mm-hmm. be like a soft touch on your arm. It could yeah. be actually, you know, yeah. Physically touching yourself in whatever mm-hmm. part, whatever feels good to you and intuitively yep. listen to yourself as you do that. Yeah. And yeah. one of my, the biggest thing that I would love to uh, piggyback off of what Michelle just said is parts works is a very beautiful, but tremendous amount of, uh, it's a tremendous method to use, but it's yeah. absolutely wonderful. Uh, Michelle took me through like several different parts works and she's yeah. seen me like break down to tears, but honestly, it's probably the best thing to do, especially if you're having a difficult time going over that last hump or lump yeah. that really is like that, that last somatic stuck in your body. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, guys, if you don't have someone that, um, that can help you, please reach out to myself and Michelle, we have clarity calls that are $33 and 33 cents. It's going to be an amazing investment for yourself because not only are you healing, but you're learning so much more about where your potential triggers are coming from and how you can mm-hmm. actually heal. And yeah. Michelle and I have been through it together and we've, and we've done it solo sometimes. But I highly recommend you guys reach out to us if you really want to do something like that. Yes. Facilitation is key. Yeah. And especially having the right people around you. Like I cannot say that enough is to have the right person. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it isn't your parents. It isn't your best friend. It isn't somebody that's close to you. It might be a stranger that has been through very similar experiences that's willing to help you guys out. So, yeah. All right, right, you guys, thank you so, so, so much for listening. If this one served you, either of these body image podcasts served you, please let us know. We want to hear more about other things that you want us to unpack and excavate and teach you more on and just have more share experiences with you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handles are in the show notes. And if you just want a good place to start, check out project3h.com to get started. Thank you guys. guys. Thank you so much. And please remember this. You can be anything because you're absolutely everything. And in the last episode, I fudged that up, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. Bye guys. Thank you.